0: Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. If you don't hear anything else tonight, hear this, Jesus redeems our story to make us holy. Jesus redeems our story to make us holy. Let's pray for tonight. Father, we recognize that there's a lot of struggles in life. We recognize that there's a lot of pains. There's a lot of heartaches. Uh, we recognize that we are living into a story that is not our own, but it's your story, and you're the author of it. And uh, we're not the main character, but we are a part of it. And so, God, I, I pray for myself that you would give me eyes to see, ears to hear a heart that is open uh, to your spirit and the leading of and the guidance of your spirit in my everyday life. And God, I pray for the young men and women that are sitting uh, in these chairs as they walk in the halls of their schools, as they interact with their peers, as they um, love their families. God, I pray that you would, again, give them eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that are open to your spirit. May we live a greater story uh, through you than we could ever live within ourselves. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm a '90s kid, growing up in the '90s. There was several things that were amazing about the '90s. One of which was basketball. Now, can I get an amen? Michael Jordan was is the best of the best of the best. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Like that's the fact. And you know, for me, like I always envision myself playing against Michael Jordan. Like there's stories that I would just kind of unfold within myself it's kind of a little weird right I didn't necessarily have imaginary friends but Michael Jordan was a real person in my driveway and here's the deal me being the main character of my story I would win every single time against Jordan like three point you know three seconds on the clock three you know three pointer to to go and to take the lead and I would just I would make it or I would shoot it until I made it. The other thing more importantly uh, than basketball was girls, of course. Uh, So, you know, growing up, being in an elementary school, like, I always had my eye on this, like, the one girl in class, right? And so, I was younger, and this one girl uh, that caught my eye, her name is Jessica, and I'm like, man, what can I do to really woo Jessica? Like, and so, I would envision, like, me being the prince. Now, in the 90s, Disney movies were like we still watch these Disney movies today. Let's let's take a look at a few Disney movies that you guys might recognize. So what is it? Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. All right. Hercules. Next one. Pocahontas. Mulan. Okay. No. 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 Now here here is my all time favorite, and I want to give like I want to get like a. Woo hoo like, like one of those are like a hoo hoo if you guys agree. Ready? This one right here. No? Next one. No? Anybody? Anybody? All right, so, so for me, the main character of the story is mostly because I had the hots for Jasmine. Go ahead and leave that up. Mostly because I had the hots for Jasmine, like Jessica is Jasmine for me. And I'm Aladdin, and I'm going to take Jessica on a magic carpet ride in my, through my kindergarten class. Like, that's going to happen, and I'm going to be so suave that I'm going to get this girl. So in my mind, I rehearsed it over and over and over again. I sang the song, and you guys know the song, I sang the song over and over and over again to the point where I mustered up some confidence in myself, in my vocal ability to just knock the socks off of Jessica and have her just lay into my arms and we go riding in the sunset. The things that you envision as a kindergartner, like we were married, we had kids, like we had a dog in a white picket fence, like Sherry's not even here to, this tonight so I can just say all this stuff. So like, It was crazy, like, kindergarten. So, but there's no way I could do it. There's no way, like, this actually would happen. Until that one day. You know what? I'm going to do it. And so, in the corner of Mrs. Lindsay's kindergarten class, she had costumes. And in that bag of costumes was, Aladdin's not wearing it right now, but a vest purple vest i'm thinking you know what the stars are aligning put the purple vest on we go out for recess so during recess time we always we had um we got stars for walking the track and so i noticed that jessica kind of peels away from her group of friends to go walk the track So I'm in my Aladdin vest and I go out and I'm walking up and I'm like shaking and I kind of get up behind her and I startle her a little bit because as she's right there and I'm walking up to her, I can show you the world, (laughs) shining, shimmering splendor, tell me princess, And I'm doing this whole thing. I'm walking around her. Now, when did you last let your heart decide? And she's looking at me, and I'm thinking, here's the moment. I can open your eyes. I'm just continuing. And she is not crying in, like, this heartfelt, like, I love you too, Adam. She is on the ground, rolling, laughing at me laughing at me. I know. And so, I kind of do like one of those like, yeah, that was a bad idea, huh? And just like bolt off. The whole, now, if it was just that moment contained in that moment, little did I know her whole friend group was watching the entire thing, right? Watching the entire thing. So, during the course of the entire day, week, rest of the year, they would look at me and just start laughing. (laughs) Like, that's what happens, right? When we make stuff up in our heads and we're the main character of our stories, stuff happens like that where the struggle is real, y'all. Like, I need therapy for that. Like, that's, that's what happens. And that's what we talked about last week. You know, you gotta be pretty screwed up in the head to envision yourself as like a failure to your own story. But for all of us, we envision ourselves, you know, maybe it's the girl getting the guy or the guy getting the girl, like you're the main character. And at the end of the movie, happily ever after rolls across the screen. And that's how you envision it. And that's how it's lived out. But that's not reality, right? And so last week we talked about a couple things that we need to to understand. Struggle is real And the struggle is a necessary part of the story. The struggle is a necessary part of the story. We all deal with struggles in our life. Uh, But what we talked about is that we need to sit in the suck. We need to sit in the struggle for a couple reasons. One of which is to learn more about ourselves. We need to be able to sit in the struggle. A lot of times we want to fast forward to the end. But we need to sit in the struggle to be able to learn more about our character, who we are, who God is making us to be. But so often we bypass that. We want to get to the next step, right? So sitting in the struggle is a necessary part of the story. The other part of that is airing it out. And we talked about this this laundry, right? These struggles that we have. And oftentimes what we do is we take this this basket of laundry, and we throw it over to the corner of our room. We're hoping that it won't stink, but the reality is it starts to stink up our lives. Stink up the room. Starts to stink up the house. Everybody's mad about it. Nobody likes this. Starts to stink up our lives in a way that we got to do something about it, and so we talked about airing it out. We talked about getting that stuff out and being able to share something that's going on with us, the struggle that's happening within us with somebody around us. Who did that last week? Who did that last week? That was a challenge for us. Who did that last week? Because here's the the deal that's dangerous about this, this laundry basket. And we heard this in James last week that these desires, these struggles lead to sin. And what does sin lead to? Somebody say it. Somebody say it loud, death, sin leads to death. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't really care for death, right? But what happens? What happened this week? Did we actually share it with somebody? No, we kept it in. We didn't air it out. If you're the only one that knows something about yourself in a, in a struggle way, it is a very, very dangerous place to be. So what do we do with our struggles? What do we do with the fact that we need to air it out? We need to talk about it. Because it's not just airing it out with other people. Ultimately, it's airing it out to Jesus. It's, it's being able to tell, tell Jesus what we're going through. And you might be able to say right now, like, oh, dude, Jesus knows everything. I don't need to tell him. Jesus can't heal what we don't reveal. I'll say that again, Jesus can't heal what we don't reveal. Jesus knows everything, but the reality is he wants to heal everything when we reveal it to him. Jesus redeems our story to make us holy. So, over the course of the semester, we're going to be looking at some disciples. We're going to be looking at some people that don't have it all together, but we read them through scripture. And we've maybe heightened their character in some ways to be a little fictional. But the reality is they're just like you and me. They go through all the turmoil, all the struggle. And Jesus takes their story and he redeems them to be holy, to be set apart, to be new. I think Paul describes it well, and I want you guys to read it with me on the screen, in Titus chapter two. Let's read it. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify us for himself, a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. I want to jump back to that first part. See, let's look at that first part again. It says, it comes comes to a crossroad here, because we talked about this last week with struggle. Struggle can either lead to sin or lead to redemption. It's very easy for us to slip down to the fact that it leads to sin, which leads to death. Or it can come to a place where it's used for God's glory. And I think the pivotal point is what's going to make us happy or what's going to make God happy? What's going to make us happy or what's going to make us holy? And so when we see that first part there, it says... Uh, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. That's what's going to make us happy. The ungodliness, the worldly passions, the things that all of us are not immune to, right? We, we, don't, we can't just like bypass that. Every, every adult in this room knows that. Every, everybody knows that, right? I know that. There's not a day that goes by that I can't just remove myself from this, these desires, these temptations, these struggles. So the question is, is that going to lead me to happiness? And then it goes to say, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, that that's a life of holiness. So am I living a life of happiness? Or am I living a life of holiness? You know, what we hide what we hide in here, Jesus can't heal, right? And so often, we put this in the deepest, darkest corners of our life. And the reality is, we need to take this junk and to be able to put it in here and say, you know what, Jesus, you're going to wash me clean. I believe that this, all the junk that's in here, all the dirt and filth that's in the basket... If I put it in here, if I give it to you, you're going to wash it clean. It's going to be absolutely clean, absolutely white. But see, the the reality is this, and this is unfortunate for us, because what we do with our faith is we leave it here. We say, I'm good. I'm white as snow. Every single struggle, every single sin that you've ever committed, ever, or ever will commit has been dealt with has been washed clean. We threw it in. We gave our lives up. We said yes to Jesus. We got baptized. It's been washed clean. But does the story stop there? I don't know about you. But I thought that my story stopped there when I got baptized as a sophomore in high school. I thought my story stopped there in the, in the reality of that everything was going to be good. That I could just stop, pause, or push pause, or push fast forward and say happily ever after. But life sucks, right? And so there's struggles. And so we go from what we talked about last week. Loneliness. Being kicked out. This loneliness creeps in. You know, it's it's not a matter of just being lonely, but also judging. And loneliness can't stay up here, right? Loneliness can't stay up here. Judgment can't stay up here. The reality is, we try to make this a point of happiness. When we say, man, I... I get a sense of happiness when I judge other people, I kick other people out. Or I get a sense of happiness when I hate the other person for making me feel lonely. So we gotta take this, and we gotta throw it in the washer. Because what Jesus wants us to do is have acceptance, not judgment. Because the sense of acceptance is not just a matter of, I'm going to serve somebody, Because that's that's easy, right? It's not a matter of I'm going to serve somebody. Because we can even have this entitlement picture or this view of ourselves of like, oh, I'm going to go serve this lowly freshman over here because he really needs me. It's not about serving. It's about being with, about belonging to. And there's a huge distinction between the two. What would it look like to be with or belong to somebody? You know, Paul says it in Second Corinthians chapter five. He says, um, he says this. He says, "From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We regard no one from a worldly point of view." You know, maybe maybe it's this. Maybe he takes our selfishness, our arrogance. Maybe it takes our selfishness and our arrogance. And, and here's the deal with this. Maybe you're toting around a false image of yourself. Your self-awareness is so screwed up because of all the things that people have said about you. And so you puff yourself up. And that's all you can think about is how you are the best, you are the smartest, you are the most talented, you are the most gifted, you are the most athletic. And that arrogance, that selfishness is continually built and built and built. Or maybe you're on the flip side. All you can think about is how you're not that. And either way, that makes you happy. That makes you have a sense of identity. And Jesus wants to take our story And make us holy. And Jesus wants to give us a dose of humility. You know, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, um, the story of holiness is not one of thinking of yourself, uh, thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. What would it look like for you tomorrow, this week, to think about the person sitting to your left or to your right? What would it look like for you to think about somebody that's across the room right now that you are at odds with? To think about their hurt, their pain. What would it look like for you to think about the things that are going on in their lives? your family's life, your brother, your sister's life. Jesus is redeeming us to humility. No, he takes our doubt. He takes our doubt. Maybe you're in a season of life right now where stuff just doesn't, life just doesn't make sense. And you can't, get over the fact that you are not in control of your life. And you find happiness with controlling every little thing at every one, every little time, right? Every little step of the way, you're in control. And you find enjoyment in that, happiness in that. Or maybe it's on the flip side, where you're mad right now. Maybe you're at the at a place right now where you're mad at, you're mad at God, you're mad at your family, you're mad at your friends, you're mad at the church, and doubt is the struggle that's creeping in. This doesn't belong on the clothesline, right? This belongs in the washer, because doubt, Jesus wants to redeem us to trust. Jesus wants to redeem us to trust. You know, maybe Jesus hasn't been a presence in your life, which is where a lot of doubt comes in. You haven't seen him, you haven't heard from him, you haven't seen him in friends or your community. What would it look like to trust that Jesus is with you every step of the way? That every struggle, every pain, every sorrow, every frustration, Jesus is right there with you to trust. Dallas Willard says this, our failure to hear his voice when we want to is due to the fact that we do not in general want to hear it. That we want it only when we think we need it. Jesus is redeeming us to trust. Last one. Maybe our struggle is a big mouth. Jesus redeems our story to make us holy. And we go from big mouth to a big faith. Here's the thing about a big mouth. And in the psychology world, There's actual evidence that when we talk about something that we're going to do, we trick our minds to think that we actually did it. When we talk about something, anything, even to ourselves or out loud, when we talk about things that we're going to do, we trick our minds to actually think that we accomplished it. When we have done nothing, nothing. And I'm with you on this one. This is me. I have big dreams. Who else has big dreams? Who else has great ambition? Who else after move has said, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, right? And we trick ourselves with a big mouth. Jesus redeems our story to make us holy, to give us big faith. You know what? You may not have the plan all in place. You may not have it all together. But Jesus wants to use you in your schools, in your homes, He wants us to step out in faith. I want for people to see my actions and say, I'm sorry, I can't hear you because your actions are speaking louder, too loud, or louder than your words. What would it look like if people came up to you and said, I can't hear you because your actions are speaking louder than your words? What would it look like for our church, for our community, for us to be able to say, or for other people to be able to say, I can't hear Christchurch, because their actions are speaking louder than their words. They don't just talk the talk, but they actually live it out. Jesus redeems our story to make us holy, to make us more and more like him. We're going right to get into a time of Communion. And this time is for us to be able to reflect on all the things that Jesus continues to do in our lives. You know, maybe one of these struggles has been a trigger for you. Maybe one of these redemptive qualities is something that you feel like Jesus is is calling you towards. It could be acceptance, it could be trust, it could be humility, or having a big faith. As we partake in communion, uh, what we do here at Christ Church is, is we take uh, the bread uh, that represents the body of Jesus, and we take the juice, we, we dip the bread in the juice, which the juice represents the blood of Jesus. Because Jesus, he didn't just die for us to to just sit here and listen to somebody talk about our faith. Jesus died to wash us clean and to give us a perspective of holiness, to separate us from everybody else. So that we can live a life for him. So as we partake in communion tonight, I want to encourage you and challenge you to do this, um, to sit in your seats and to reflect on what is one of the redemptive qualities that Jesus is calling me to? And then who is Jesus calling me? Who is Jesus calling me to? Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's somebody that's not here that you've been talking to on a regular basis. Maybe it's somebody that you can't stand, that you are enemies against. Take some time to reflect on it. And then through the body and through the blood, maybe rejoice in the fact that Jesus has done it all and that we get to live a life not focused on happiness, but a life that's fulfilled in holy. Father, we praise you for meeting us where we are. And God, we thank you so much for Jesus who continues to make all things new. It's his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com